Hello lovelies and welcome to the Illuminaire podcast. My name is Jess, the host of the show, and I am so excited for you to join me on this adventure. On the Illuminaire podcast, we shine a light on topics that try to keep us in darkness. We discuss tough topics that most will shy away from, but we are not afraid to face our fears. We talk about everyday life and how we can nurture ourselves to grow and blossom. We talk about people's stories and how their struggles can help others. We battle the stigmas with love and sincerity and we overcome. We are a community. We are light bearers. We are a revival. The Illuminaire Podcast, living life in the light. Hello and welcome to the Illuminaire podcast. Today I am speaking to some fantastic eco warriors from Sea Shepherd Ireland and I'm super excited to do this interview. So tell me, who have we got with us today? Can you give us a little bit of background about who I'm going to be talking to? Where are you from? Something fun about yourself, like what's your favourite song to dance to? Give us a quick insight into the people that we're going to be talking to today. <laughs> Hi Jessica, I am Emma. I'm from Mayo, but living in Dublin. I'm a self-proclaimed marine protector, I suppose you could call. I've always wanted to be, I always wanted to be a dolphin trainer when I was younger. I was about seven when I saw my first dolphin and I saw them in, in the tanks in SeaWorld and I was just absolutely astounded by how beautiful they were. I fell in love with them and I, I chased that dream for a long time until I was in about second year of marine science in college. And I realized that, uh, you know, the cruelty that went behind the the shows and how happy they looked because of how they're, they have a little smile on their faces all the time, but they're not happy at all. And I, I started to learn more and more about that and became really interested in Sea Shepherd and what they were doing. And now I'm the director, one of the directors of Sea Shepherd Ireland and have become since for about nine months now. So we're just kind of starting off here in Ireland and it's all a very exciting time. I suppose my favourite song to dance to would be uh, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. It's the one to get Fantastic. you in the day. <laughs> and who else have we got with us today? I think it's my turn. So my name is Alex. I'm originally from Germany, living in Ireland now for 20 years. At the moment, I'm living in County Carlo, not directly on the sea. Well, you can't have everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what brings me to Sea Shepherd? Well... I think it was years ago when I found a CD pack of Whale Wars in a, a charity shop. And I was like, what is that? And I bought it and I watched it and I got into it. And I absolutely was like, yeah, that could be me. But then it flowed. It was actually a bit of, yeah, I lost it somehow. I don't know why, but I just lost it. And then one day I just was thinking and thought what can you do and Sea Shepherd came back in my head so I wrote uh, Sea Shepherd Global I say is there anyone in Ireland and they said no I say right I'm happy to actually open something up here so I heard a while nothing and then Sea Shepherd Global came back to me said oh there's another by accident German there who wants to open Sea Shepherd Island I say perfect so they brought us together. I met Selina, one of our other directors, and we started it up. We started with a little Facebook group with 33 people. We are now scratching the 1,000 people on this group. 
So it's fantastic. I don't want even want to know what is at the moment with uh, Instagram. I think we're over <laughs> 3,000 now. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, I woke up one day and I thought, what happened on your last day when you live? What have you done for the earth? Nothing. And I say, I can't live with that. So I wanted to do something. And Sea Shepherd uh, is the group I can actually identify myself with. Yeah. To do something positive, to do something kind of radical, but still in the limits, if you know what I mean. Well, song dancing. I have two left feet, so I don't dance, <laughs> right? But, but uh, my favorite kind of music is like, uh, yeah, actually, System of the Dawn. <laughs> So we've two rockers on today. <laughs> yeah, kind of. We have guilty pleasures, you know, the, the cheesy pop is always good too. Bit of Westlife, boys own. <laughs> yes, a girl after my own heart. I love a bit of Westlife. <laughs> so guys, I actually got in touch with you guys through Instagram because I had found out that there was a Sea Shepherd Ireland through that documentary, Sea Spiracy, that everyone is absolutely raving about. Mm -hmm. Can you guys tell us a little bit more about what Sea Shepherd Ireland do? Are you guys a voluntary service? Are you funded? What's the basis for what Sea Shepherd Ireland does? So, like, we honestly think it's it's amazing the stuff that Ali and Lucy and some of the other the other guys out there have brought to our own living rooms. You know, they've brought what's going on out in the ocean right in front of everyone's faces mm -hmm. and it's great that it's on you know Netflix as well especially because it's a kind of global phenomenon phenomenon at the moment you know they started really interesting conversations with everyone so we really thank all of those directors out there that are doing that kind of stuff Sea Shepherd Ireland our chapter is part of the global organization of Sea Shepherd obviously Sea Shepherd are dedicated to conserve protect and defend ocean wildlife in Ireland we are completely voluntary we we spend our free time you know we all have nine to five Monday to Friday jobs, but we all spend our free time to help clean up our beaches, our coastlines, you know, our rivers and lakes even. You know, when people hear about the great work that's done by Sea Shepherd, they kind of forget that it close to home is it's just as important as it is out in Mexico or in the mm -hmm. Faroe Islands, etc. You know, and everything starts at home. We started out, I suppose, in the middle of lockdown so it was very hard to get out and, and meet people obviously you know we're all within our 2k limits so what we decided as a group through zoom calls etc was that we would reach out to people in different ways so and uh, so we started to grow that and then once that grew we decided to start up our instagram page so you know it's it was a lot of the beginning part was about letting people know that we're here that we care, that we're, we are Ireland-focused and Ireland-based, but we are also trying to bring what's happening in the rest of the world to Irish people and within in reach of us, basically. So, like, we're, yeah, we're, we were a lot about education and reaching out and also trying to meet up with like-minded people in, in different organizations around Ireland, form alliances and, you know, go after the bigger issues that are happening in Ireland. You know, Paul Watson, our founder, has famously said, you know, this is not just a movement to protect whales and sharks, seals and fish. It's a movement to protect humanity and all species on this planet. So bearing that in mind, we're going, okay, there's lots of stuff happening in Ireland. There's lots of things that we want to, to touch and, and be involved in and be involved in stopping as well. So, you know, the big issues like sewage dumps and seal culling and, you know, overfishing. And of course, the, the massive thing of bycatch, which is really only coming to light now for a lot of people. So at the moment, we, um, like I said, we're building our relationships with, with other organizations. 
We're touching base with some surfing communities, some swimming guys, some diving groups, environmental communities, and just growing our network of volunteers as well. I mean, we started with with two, <laughs> with Alex and Selena, and then I came along. And then uh, we had another our other guy, Craig, in the West, and we've grown to about 20 volunteers now, which is, is amazing for having not met anyone yet. <laughs> so our first action that we've done is uh, we said, right, what's the one thing that can make the biggest impact, I suppose, and kind of be quantitative as well, you know? So we, went, we put our heads together and we went, okay, the best thing to do is do a beach clean because first of all, it's outside, so nobody is going to be uh, worried about the social distance aspect as well. So we had to keep everyone safe. Mm-hmm. And we started off saying, okay, we'll do one in Dublin. And it grew legs. Like, honestly, it grew legs. And when we put it up on Instagram, people got in contact with us. Oh, can we do it here? Can we do it here? Can we do it here? And we grew it so that we did, we ended up doing seven beaches in one day. all wow. around. The so yeah, it was incredible response, really was. So we did do Dublin. We did Courtown down in Wexford. We did Sligo. Salt Hill out in in Galway. We had the guys in Bray and we had two down in Cork. So literally touched kind of all the all the parts of Ireland that we needed to that had the biggest problems as well. And in that one day, there was over a hundred volunteers out cleaning beaches that day with us in mind, which is fantastic. And we actually took 304 kilograms of rubbish from our beaches which is massive. I and mean, like, there's still more to go, obviously. You know, every day there's stuff there, but it was a big, huge achievement for us in the very very first thing that we did, if you, if you like. So I'd just like to, to say to anyone that's listening, you know, it doesn't need to be a big group of people going out. It doesn't need to be 10 or 15 or five or however many, many people. If you go out with your gloves, with a bag, and you pick up, you spend five minutes on your walk, Wherever you are, you don't have to be in on a beach. You can be beside a lake, you can be beside a river. You can even be in a town or city because all of the all the drains will eventually lead out to the sea, you know. So um, yeah. grab a bag, spend five minutes cleaning up your area and you've done your part for the day. You can feel good about going to sleep that night, you know. And that's what I would say. Every single one of us can make a massive difference in in the world, you know. Yeah, it it really is. It does boil down to the little things, doesn't it? Like just Mm -hmm. thinking about other people by getting a bag, picking out your gloves and just picking up a couple of bits out in your walk. Like it does make such a difference. And I suppose a lot of people would think that it doesn't make that much of a difference. Which leads me into my next question then. For people who are looking to get involved with Sea Shepherd particularly, are there any opportunities to get involved with you guys or is, does there have to be specific training? Is there specific requirements? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? No, you can just can send us an email under uh, Ireland at seashepherdglobal.org. We pick that up. We have a quick interview with you talking then about what we are doing, what we are, what we are planning to do and that kind of things. And if we think you fit in, you're in, you know. But everyone, it doesn't have to be directly Sea Shepherd. But if you start, let's go back to the plastic problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you go go shopping, why not buying stuff what is not in plastic or try not to buy stuff what is in plastic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is a thing. I started bringing my plastic back to the shops where I got it. Yeah. I had huge problems, but in the end, they took it. Yeah. I say, I don't want the plastic. I mean, easy as that 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 is the first step to get actually plastic free yeah but yes everyone is welcome every little helps 
-hmm. Yeah, and we have a few actions planned. We have a few ideas what we want to do. And everyone is welcome as long as it's for the good cause. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like as well, if like you like Alex just said there, if you're not if you don't have the time to commit to doing beach cleans or or have the time to commit to to an organization like ourselves, just keeping an eye on what's going on and informing yourself on what's actually happening around our coast, but also, you know, elsewhere in 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 the world and what's going on and, and having your eyes open and being able to talk to people about what's going on that's a huge help too because the more people that understand and know what's happening the better we can make our government listen to us and the better rules and regulations and laws can be brought in to help protect those areas as well so just likewise right now at the moment we're really strongly asking everyone to if you head to our Instagram page, you'll see a link to uh, the Stop Finning campaign that's going on right now. And it's to do with shark finning all around Europe. It's shark fin trading, basically. It's still at the moment legal to trade shark fins within Europe. And we want to make it illegal. And it's not just us. It's lots of different organizations are involved in this. And it's actually a legislation. So it's it's bringing something into law. It's not a petition. It's not the same thing. So literally all you have to do is take one minute out of your time go on to that website and cast your vote to make sure that that law is passed and it is illegal to trade shark fins in Europe. Wow, I, I wouldn't have thought that that would be a thing in Europe. I know like these kind of things happen in Asia, but I never would have thought Europe would be a place for that. Europe yeah. is actually one of the biggest transport hubs for shark fins in the world. Yeah. Why? So you can't. Uh, you saw. I don't know if some people saw the pictures, but the radical thing what they do is actually they cut off the shark fins and throw the shark alive back into the water. Right. If a shark don't move, he can't breathe. So what he's doing is he sinks to the bottom and suffocates down there. Yeah, and the pain of it. People say fish or have no pain receptors. They do have. Yeah, it's actually, they know now they have. Yeah, in Europe, you can't just cut off the fins and uh, bring the put the shark back into the water. So you have to land actually the whole shark. But then it will, the fins will get cut off, will be sent off to Asia for shark fin soup. Yeah, so Europe is still one of the biggest transport hubs for shark fins in the world. And the stop finning EU tries to stop this. And yes, if you can give a vote, it's one minute for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure to get that link shared as well on my own page and get as many people onto that as I can. Guys, on the on the broader side of things, then, can you tell us a little bit about Sea Shepherd Global and the founder of Sea Shepherd? Many countries are involved, and I suppose, as you, as you mentioned at the start, there will be quite different experiences in different countries. Can you tell us a little bit about how different it would be in Ireland compared to, let's say, Mexico or somewhere else in the world? Yeah, um, so Sea Shepherd was founded by a man called Paul Watson. He's Captain Paul Watson in 1977 he was a former member of greenpeace and the you know he he just felt that direct action was needed he did he didn't like the idea of standing around with a signpost saying don't do this or don't do that he wanted to get into the action and say and put himself between 
say the harpoon chip and the you know the whale and say you can't kill this whale i don't want you to kill this whale i'm going to stand in the middle of between you and and save this whale he's an extremely you know passionate and and compassionate person my ultimate hero i have to say but um he's mm-hmm. you know he, from what he started you know sea shepherd kind of grew from there and he was out on the different vessels you know getting again getting getting into the action getting in between the harpoon ships and the whales and stopping the the whale killing now it was in places like sanctuaries so places that should have been protected by other law enforcement agencies but they just didn't have the capacity to do it and that's where sea shepherd went so you know down with the southern ocean where where whales were being killed and you know by by japanese whalers he was down there with with sea shepherd boats protecting it and and making sure that that it was being documented that these whalers were out there and they were in in sanctuary areas killing whales that was completely illegal i suppose when when i got uh, just like alex when i saw that first it was on a documentary series called whale wars it was on just animal planet about nine or ten years ago and it was incredibly again eye-opening going wow this is actually happening and these are, you know, they're they're mindlessly killing whales for for no reason really, other than their own greed. So, from there, I suppose the sea shepherds, you know, they investigate and they document when the laws to protect the world's oceans and marine wildlife are not enforced. So we use innovative direct action to expose, confront illegal activities on the high seas in countries, sovereign waters through cooperative agreements with established law enforcement agencies. So in the likes of in West Africa, our guys are working with the law enforcement agencies there to try and stop illegal fishing. So it's very much in collaboration with law enforcement agencies. It's not against them. We work with everyone. We have some of the guys on our ships as well, helping to see what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Over in, in Mexico, they're trying to protect a small little dolphin called a vaquita dolphin. And it's, it's the cutest little thing, but it's almost extinct. There's only 15 of them left in, in the waters around Mexico. And they're being killed by bycatch from this other fish, which Alex, what was the name of the other fish? Oh, can't remember. But the problem no. is the gold, the gold bladder of this fish, what they actually catch, is used in China for their uh, natural medicine. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the gold bladder is like the way in gold. So it's pure profit. That's all what it is. And they go over this little vaquita dolphin. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. yeah. So they, our guys are out there. And what they're doing is they are actually taking up the lines that are catching these fish and also killing the dolphins and the nets and they're removing them from the ocean and they're getting into huge problems with the the likes of these people who are trying to make lots of money so not only the fishermen but also the the mob bosses etc that are behind all the all this money um mm. and they're getting into problems down there so they need the army and the navy of mexico to help them and they have been helping them for so long unfortunately a law was, was overturned recently enough and so Sea Shepherd have been have removed themselves basically from, from Mexico because the, the law has changed now. So, you know, money changed hands somewhere along the lines, I would believe. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's greed. It's a lot of greed that's happening in the world, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But, you know, that's the, the offshore guys are, that's basically what they're doing, you know, in, in loads of different areas. They're, they're just getting, getting involved and in, in videotaping a lot of stuff that's going on 
because as you know, the power of social media is, is incredible. So yeah. um, they are, they're showing people what's happening, which is so, so very important. But, you know, there's also the people like ourselves who are onshore Sea Shepherds who we, we, you know, obviously I was talking about beach cleaning earlier on and stuff like that, but we also are talking to governments, trying to pass, make laws, get passed, etc. We're also doing fundraising for the guys who are offshore on those ships and making sure that they can go continuously go out and do campaigns and protect the, the ocean by this, this activities that they're, they're all doing. Wow. Like my, my mind is blown by all of this. I honestly, it's almost so hard to believe. And like after watching, I know we don't want to get too much into sea spiracy because we're all about Sea Shepherd for this podcast episode. But after watching Sea Spiracy, like I had always thought that the issue was mainly plastics. But it would seem that from watching that and from listening to you guys talking about this, it's man and the greed that we have as man for either our taste for fish or the medicines. Can you talk to us a little bit about how we can maybe stop that or like what's the next steps to stop using fishes as medicine or stop fishing for food? Is there a tin line for that? Are we allowed to eat fish? Should we all just stop eating fish? What's the next steps in I that mean, department? I mean, look, uh, I had this discussion with someone on uh, a, ra- in, uh, a national first radio station right can we eat fish or not fish mm-hmm. you're all grown up you all make your own choices that's what yes. i say yeah? yeah if you want to eat fish right i can't stop you i don't want to stop you if you want to eat, eat fish eat fish but now comes the but right go local we have the most amazing i mean i'm vegetarian i don't eat fish any longer that's over a long time ago but ireland has one of the best fish fish grounds right why not going to an irish fisherman and get uh, get irish fish why do you buy some exotic whatever kind of species out of somewhere from let's say argentina where the uh, actually the carbon footprint to bring this fish over to Ireland is so huge, yeah? Why not going to your local fishmonger and ask specifically where is that fish coming from? And when he says Galway, happy days. If he says Dublin, happy days. If he says Argentina, don't buy it. Easy as that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's all it's again, it's about informing yourself and knowing what's good for you and what's good for your body and what's good for your area and all of this. It's really like it's really quite important to understand. I mean, I think in Seaspiracy, they showed a great thing that shocked an awful lot of people was obviously about the salmon farms. And that's a huge problem in Ireland, too. So the, the, it's it's how you're catching fish. It's the same thing with meat. If you want to eat meat, fine. I, I personally don't. But if you want to eat meat, you know, it's up to you. You need to know where that meat is coming from. It's the same thing that we decided years ago. Is free range eggs better than non-free range? I don't know. You make the choice, you know. So it's yeah. exactly the same kind of thing that's starting to come about now for the ocean side of things. Just like that, like Alex said, know where your, your fish is coming from. If it's from your local guy who goes out in his little dinghy every day and isn't doing a massive amount of damage, then great. If it's from a huge international company that's trawling along the ocean and, and breaking apart our seabed and killing everything in its wake, 
then not so good, you know. <laughs> yeah, we really need to we really need to research what it is that we're eating and what we're buying into these days because it's just like from watching Sea Spacey, like it really opened my eyes to the fisheries and the salmon farms, etc. And the bycatch, the bycatch really took me by surprise. I had no idea that there was such a thing of like dolphins were being caught up in these nets and just thrown back into the ocean to die. Like, can you talk yeah. to us a bit about, and as well, actually the cove. So where they, you know, they got all these dolphins into the cove and then just slaughtered them. Yeah. Can you talk to us about that? I mean, look, we had uh, Sea Shepherd Global had a campaign in the Biscayne Bay. Now, uh, I think it's now in the seventh year what's going on now. Anyway, French fishermen said, oh, we don't catch dolphins. Yeah. And they reported, yeah. I think it was seven dolphins in one year as bycatch. Yeah. What is bad mm -hmm. enough? So Sea Shepherd sent a boat out. And this year it was the uh, Sam Simon. And well, what came up? They actually reported 10,000 dolphins. Right? Yeah, that's really as, close to home. As, 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 as bycatch. Yeah. In Ireland, we have at the moment, I think, over 150 dead dolphins washed up on the beaches. And you can't tell me that they all die on the natural cause. Fact. They reckon, yeah, they reckon that about 93 of those dolphins are actually killed from bycatch. It's about 70 whales and 93 dolphins. And we are talking from, only from them who actually washed up on the beaches. I'm sorry that it's such a depressing podcast, but I think <laughs> it has to be said. No, yeah. not uh, at all. Give me all of this information. Like, if you could see my face right now, my jaw is literally dropped. But yeah. all yeah. of this information, we need to know about it. Like, because we're living in a bubble. Like, yeah. Yeah. honestly, yeah. if I hadn't have seen, and I know, like, Seaspiracy is amazing, but if I hadn't have seen that, I wouldn't have been led to see Shepherd, and I wouldn't have found out all these things, which I'm so, like, I'm beginning to grow a passion now you know yeah. for the sea and I'm like we need this needs to be heard like we need to share this so give yeah. me all of the facts everything that you know we, we, we start we start with bycatch let's let's make a quick uh, swap over to uh, uh, unregulated illeg illegal fishing yeah 40% of the fish you can buy in the shops is illegally fished 40%. Yeah? It's a shocking number. I mean, people have to wake up. People have to see the bigger picture. If you stay, if you stand on the beach and you look out, what do you see? Water. <laughs> and you love it. You love the beach. You love the water. Brilliant. Don't people actually realize that underneath that water is the whole engine for our ecosystem, what keeps us alive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I can bring that up with a, a saying from Paul Watson, and I love that. I mean, that being when I heard that, he said, Planet Earth is a spaceship. The spaceship flies around the universe, yeah, with a crew who provides oxygen, food, everything else, and then are the passengers, the passengers walking on two legs and called humans, and they start killing the crew. And this whole ship doesn't work without the crew. If the crew is to a minimum or less than a minimum, 
the whole engine just stops. What that means, I think we all know. Mm. Yep. As he's as he has said, when the ocean dies, we die. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking there about uh, Tai Chi and and the cove and and things, the horrible things that happened there. I mean, I I that first came to light for me when I watched a documentary called The Cove, and um, that Rick O'Barry did. He Rick O'Barry was a dolphin trainer for Flipper. If you remember Flipper when you were a kid, yeah. So he was the trainer for that dolphin. That dolphin actually committed suicide by swimming into his arms and drowning herself. She was so unhappy. That's just really deeply very sad. But he found her in. He was he was flown to to Taiji to get her basically. So basically, what happens in Taiji is that they go out on their little dinghies. And they, they wait for hours to find a pod of dolphins. Once they find that pod, they then start banging the side of their boat to herd the, do- the dolphins into this area called the cove now. And it's in shallow enough water that they kind of jump out of the boats and they put a net all around it. So all the dolphins are all, all stuck there. And yeah, different trainers from dolphinariums around the world, SeaWorld, you know, any of the any of those kind of places that they basically train dolphins to entertain humans they come along they go i want that one that one and that one and the rest are all slaughtered and there can be hundreds and thousands a year killed for that one reason of making money for those few dolphins that will go and get trained and live in a small tiny tank for the rest of their lives so like that was the one thing that really as i said earlier you know i opened my eyes to not wanting to be a dolphin trainer anymore and i realized the cruelty Mm -hmm. that went behind it and and since then, you know, other documentaries um, have come out to show, like Blackfish was one massive one as well about SeaWorld and and things like that. But I mean, we this is where I get my passion from. And this is where, you know, I can see, right, the, there's there's cove guardians the, that Sea Shepherd have. They, the people that go there every year around September is a time when it happens um, when they start the, the dolphin catch. And the guys go there and they're cove guardians because they really can't intervene because the, the law is against them. And, um, you know, the the police there are agreeing with the fishermen that this needs to be ha- happening and all this kind of stuff. So they can't intervene, but they do watch. And that's why they're called guardians. They watch and they they document and they film everything that's going on and they share it with the world. And they, they show us here in Ireland what's going on over there in Japan, you know. Yeah, it's it's shocking. It's altogether very, very shocking. But the same thing happens in the Faroe Islands, you know, the grind that happens there, the pilot whales and get they all get slaughtered as well for different reasons, but at the same time it's still a massive massacre, basically. But, but, but in the most gruesome way you can imagine. Yeah. yeah. Massacre. If you look if you look up on Facebook the Sea Shepherd Faroe Island campaign, you will see it's nothing for someone with Faint hearted. Faint hearted. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It is not. It's it's a genocide. It's not. It's murder. That's what I'm calling it. It's a pure genocide of beautiful animals, intelligent animals. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And they put it up as uh, it's their right, as they've done it for a thousand years. I mean, it's wrong. I mean, I I I I thought humanity evolved. In my eyes, actually, humanity went. 20 back, steps back. You know, so I don't want, even want to go in details, really not. <laughs> if, you, if, you're, if you're interested, look up the Sea Shepherd Faroe Island campaign and you will see videos, pictures, and it is unbelievable. Yeah. We call mm-hmm. it as well the bloody fjord, as after the massacre, the fjord is actually red from blood of the uh, pilot whales. Yeah. And 
Emma, if you don't mind me asking, I just, as you were talking there, you were saying like that they 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 herd them into the cove and then they pick a couple of them and then they just murder the rest. What is the point in, of that? Like, why do they not just let them go back out into the sea? Your guess is as good as mine, really. Um, what they do after they kill them is they sell the meat. So they would make a bit of a profit on the meat that they sell. Now, what did happen about 10 years ago, I think I remember reading a, a report about it, that they they had to change the name. They couldn't put dolphin meat on the, the packaged meat. They changed the name so it could be packaged as tuna, but it wasn't actually tuna. It was dolphin, it was bottlenose dolphin sitting there in the shelves. But they couldn't actually sell. The, the amount that they killed that year, um, they couldn't sell it all. So they ended up giving it to schools, which is incredibly dangerous because for any human being to eat dolphin meat is incredibly dangerous because it's very high in mercury. And mercury is poisonous to us. And they ended up poisoning a lot of school children because these school children were eating this dolphin meat and it was disaster. So honestly, I don't I, I don't see a reason why they need to kill them at all. Mm-hmm. I've never understood it. It's not something that I can I can wrap my head around at all, apart from just the, the pure profit of it and trying to keep it quiet. But that's why there's Cove Guardians out there making sure it's not quiet. It did, it did happen and it's been recorded to have happened. Well, thank, thank God for those Cove Guardians and for what you guys are doing as well. To kind of, we'll move, we'll move on a little bit from that. Um, what, do, what do you guys think then has the biggest negative impact on the seas and oceans? Um, what can we then as daily citizens do to help reduce that negative impact? Plastic and fishing. <laughs> yeah, plastic and fishing. Overfishing for sure. You know, the, the overfishing is, is a massive problem. But like I said earlier, the trawlers that are out there that are literally these massive, massive vessels that have hundreds of, uh, and thousands of miles of line going either side of them. And they're just ripping everything along in their wake. The whole seabed, everything is gets destroyed. And there's nothing really to stop them. There's no one out there saying, you can't do that. Don't do that. You know, you know there just isn't enough uh, laws out there, I think, at the moment. That's the really sad part. There's, you know, there's not enough laws to do with sewage treatment. There's not enough laws, you know, to do with the illegal fishing. It's it's illegal, but who's enforcing the illegality of it? There isn't enough in our Navy, even in the Irish Navy, there isn't enough people out there trying to patrol our waters. We don't have that refund, uh, that, that fund, those funds there. So I suppose... For me, yeah, definitely the trawlers, the overfishing is a, is a massive, massive problem. But the lack of knowledge, I think, is the, is the saddest part. You know, we, we have a world where mm-hmm. Google is at our fingertips and we have so much information floating around everywhere. But it's just closing your mind off and going, I don't want to know because I don't, you know, people decide themselves that they don't want to know something. I mean, okay. I have friends that don't want to watch Whale Wars or don't want to know about Sea Shepherd because they are happy to go out and have a meal and eat fish and just not understand where it comes from because they don't want to know. But that's that's yeah. what makes me kind of sad. You know, that, that makes me that makes me sad. But if people do want to make a difference, I mean, I commend everyone that wants to make a difference. And the best way, as Alex said before, is looking at what, being mindful of what you're doing, being mindful of what you're buying, whether it be because it's wrapped in plastic or whether it be that it's from your, your local fishmonger down the road, being mindful of what you're dropping on the floor where the bin where the closest bin is all this kind of stuff is really vital really vital to make any change and the smallest piece of change that you can do like 
deciding in a week that you're going to have one day where you have a vegan meal and vegans mm. don't have to only eat salad in case anyone's watching you're having a salad day um but there's loads of different vegan meals but if you decide one one day a week that you're going to have or one day a month even that you're going to have a vegan meal that's making a difference that's changing your normal pattern and that's therefore impacting the rest of the world and if you say to one person i'm doing this they might do it too so the smallest thing think of the smallest thing that you're comfortable doing and you start it and just keep going from there yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back to the plastic. I mean, yeah. I mean, no one can answer now, really. Yeah. Uh, but just remember your last weekly shopping. How many plastic do you actually throw short after the shopping into the bin? Mm-hmm. Loads. Mm. Loads. Yeah. And we are pushing. I don't know how many tons, but I always explain it in in truckloads. You know those huge big article uh, articulate trucks the 40 ton big things who always are in the way on the motorway yeah mm-hmm. we are pushing yeah. 400,000 of those trucks full of plastic every year into the ocean 400,000 oh yeah. yeah i mean that brings a picture i mean 400,000 trucks i think if you park them up in island the motorways are blocked all of them easily yeah yeah and that's what we actually just push in the ocean it's gone you know out of the eye out of the mind that's but the it's thing. horrible it's it's disgusting yeah yeah so i mean uh, some parts of australia now said uh end to single use plastic from one day to the other applaud them really absolutely perfect yeah, yeah. And it works it it works why can like countries like Ireland not do that? I mean, just a little state, yeah? They could mm-hmm. say from one day to the other, okay, that date, plastic over. They can. Where are all the farmer markets gone? I can remember when I arrived 20 years in Ireland, there were farmer markets where you could yeah. go, where you get your apples, your carrots, your broccoli, whatever you wanted. You got it in a paperback, not plastic, in a paperback, fresh from the farmer. Happy days. I'm happy to pay a euro more for that if I can get it back. It's, it's about the ease of access, I suppose, that we have now. We're so very spoiled. All of us are very spoiled with walking into any supermarket and you can get anything you want. The thing is that you don't know where it came from. And if it came from, you know, as Alex said earlier, Argentina or, or China or America, or and it's not anything against those countries at all or their produce. It's the fact that yeah. your carbon footprint has gone up a lot went, since you just I left was, your house. Look, just just an example. I went to a German supermarket chain in Ireland and wanted to buy a bit of uh, herbs. Yeah, a bag of herbs. Oh, they had the bag, of course, in plastic. And I looked where it's coming from. It came from Egypt. Why does that come from Egypt if you can grow it in Ireland? To bring wow. to this little plastic bag over from Egypt, it has to go into a plane as it was already cut. So I think it was also packaged in Egypt. Has to go on a plane, flies like, let's say, to Frankfurt, from Frankfurt in a truck, from with a truck into England, in another warehouse, from that warehouse with another truck over to Ireland uh, via the ferry. I mean, where is the point? Where yeah. is the point of that? When we can grow it outside, you know, yeah. in Ireland. I mean, it makes no sense. 
Yeah. Oh my god, you guys are opening my eyes so much. <laughs> so so much. Like honestly. So so yeah, next time when you go shopping, look where the stuff is produced. Yeah. Just look look, look around. It's look, it's crazy. It's mental. I mean, yeah, I, I, I told my mom like about two five months ago, five, six months ago that I was just I decided to make the decision to become vegan and you know she was very supportive about it but she was like I don't really know what it means and I was like okay so I was explaining it to her and stuff and since then she she herself has decided to be more mindful of what she's buying and and going okay well geez I didn't know that that had like meat products in it when it doesn't need to um I oh, didn't know that had you know fish products in it that it didn't need to like normal sauces that you'd buy every day you're going I actually can't eat them or you know um you know packets of crisps having milk in them what why <laughs> you know like what's the need <laughs> yeah. but but it's there and you're going okay I just have to be again more mindful about what I'm actually picking up to buy so you know it, it is majorly about that about just just understanding I suppose <laughs> understanding is all we all we want people to do is understand that you know the world is not a perfect place it is it is unfortunately dying right now and we if we all make even one small change it'll help it grow for our children and their children and so on and so forth yeah and guys are there any statistics based around ireland so to bring it right back home are there any statistics about the irish seas and oceans rivers lakes etc that you can share with us that are interesting or disturbing so let whichever me, you think let me let me start right um, <laughs> i tried to get in contact with the government to get statistics about bycatch. Right. I okay. tried and tried and tried again, and I don't get an answer. Now, I found out through to another channel we have that actually the bycatch in Ireland who is uh, reported is only around 1% or less what is reported mm -hmm. yeah so the problem is there are people who can go on the fishing boat and can do spot checks but if the captain says uh, no i don't want you on my boat he doesn't get onto the boat yeah so they're not really statistics that's the problem there's no data yeah and okay. data, they don't give it to you and I think I know the reason why, but I don't want to mention that here publicly. <laughs> but, you know, uh, there there has been really, like, in the last year, there has been, more people's eyes have been opened up, basically. And more yeah. people are are, pu are pushing the government to to tell what, what it is that our bycatch is. And, and bycatch is becoming more of a kind of home word, I suppose. Um, but there is a, there's a very informative investigative journal journal article done in noteworthy and you know alex just said there just so bear that in mind that it's about one percent accuracy so but still at the, even at that one percent it's uh, a lot so in ireland in 2019 there was 340 tons of bycatch recorded so that's one percent of what was actually caught but 340 tons is an awful lot for one percent of it that's about just to put it in kind of layman's terms. I suppose two hundred forty tons doesn't like you can't really imagine what that is. But it's about thirty school buses full of bycatch, 
30 tons of that was threatened fish. So fish on the, the yellow, I suppose, endangered list. And then 11.5 tons of it were critically endangered species. So there's an awful lot of sharks and rays around the Irish coast that are dying because of bycatch. They, their species are dying out. We, we don't record them correctly. So much so that we can just go, oh, that looks like a skate, it's a skate. Or that looks like a shark, it's a shark. But it's not a particular species. You know, sharks are obviously our, our apex predators. They keep the, the ecosystem moving continuously. And without them, really, the rest, everything else just falls away and, and dies as well. But sharks, you know, there were 65 tons of shark killed off the Irish coast by bycatch. Sharks are, you know, they have a long lifespan. So they can live up to like 100, 100 years and they don't reproduce very often. And when a shark is pregnant, if they get into any sort of stress, they can lose the baby shark and not become pregnant again after that. So that's a whole generation of sharks just wiped out because of a net, you know, being caught in a net and possibly being released and, and surviving the catch in general, but not being able to produce any any young after that. There's so many different things. It's not only, you know, we obviously concentrate on the ocean wildlife, etc. But part of the ocean wildlife mm-hmm. is also birds you know, seabirds, 300,000 seabirds, 300,000 seabirds were killed last year from bycatch also. So it's not just the ones in the ocean that are getting hurt. It's also the ones flying around. They're getting caught in nets. You know, they're they're drowning. They're just being killed from being annoying on the nets, etc. as well. But 300,000 of them were reported again. That's about 1% of what actually should be reported, but it's it's huge. Then my other one that is, has shocked me is an animal that I absolutely love, which are seals. They're so cute. (laughs) And we're such a lucky island that we have so many of them around. But unfortunately, just like that, we're we're finding them dead everywhere, unfortunately. You know, in in 2019, 102 seals were reported dead on our shore. In 2020, that went up by 100%. So it went up 201 dead seals. In this year alone, which hasn't even hit the busiest season yet, there's 178 already. So it's going to surpass oh, last year's. These are not all killed from bycatch, but a lot are. And, uh, you know, a lot are, are caught in nets, just like the bigger animals, bigger whales and dolphins and stuff. They're caught in nets. They're damaged by boats. There are also an increase, obviously, in, in human population uh, everywhere. Um, and especially yeah. with lockdown situations, etc., it drove people out. As soon as everyone could get out of their houses, they wanted to go towards the coast or wanted to get away as far away from the cities as possible. But that in, involved the the seals being in distress then, because they, their their natural habitat is being overloaded with people and people wanting to touch them and see them. And and obviously, you know, it's amazing to see a seal. You should not go near a seal when you see it. If you do at all see a, a seal in distress, there are numbers that you can you can get. You know, in touch with the, the correct organization to look after them. A lot of that information is on our Instagram page if anyone's interested. You know, we're really quite passionate about keeping them safe. Yeah. But, you know, the biggest thing around Ireland, I suppose, and a, and a, a thing that's it, it's it's happy, I suppose, <laughs> if you like, is that, you know, we plan and a lot of organizations around Ireland, including the Irish Wildlife Trust, are planning to have the Irish Ocean's marine protected areas at 30%. So 30% of our oceans being protected by 2030. At present, there is only 2% protected. So it's a long way to go. It should be 10% already, but it's only two. Yeah. And then comes the question, who can police that? Who will police that? 
Yeah. I mean, we need marine protected areas and we have to look at the bigger picture, what all hangs together with the marine protected areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, but let's go back quickly to the bycatch as I wanted to just add something there. Yeah. When bycatch lands on the boat, they have to throw it back into the water. But around, I thought, think, Emma, correct me if I'm uh, wrong, but I think it was yeah. around 90% of the bycatch is already dead when it hits the boat. Yeah. 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 The, this particular article that Noteworthy were saying was that a lot of fish can't, they can't handle the stress of being caught. Um, a lot of them, like the sharks, rays, skates, they all need to constantly move in order to breathe. So when you're caught in a net, you're not moving. You're stuck, mm. so you suffocate. And uh, yeah, by the time they get onto the boat, they're they're gone. They're already passed away. Sorry, Alex, keep going. No, no, it's fine. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's all. Just what I wanted to mention. That not oh, someone can say oh yeah, they throw them back into the sea. Yeah, what is the point to throw back a dead animal into the sea? Yeah. So they, you see, the thing is as well, if they throw them back, they don't have to count them. Which yeah. is the oh, whole problem yes. about counting by catch. <laughs> so um, yeah, they don't have to have them in their um, in their hall. So, it so they don't for their kilos. So they don't, so they don't overdo their quota. Yep. There you go. Okay. And now coming back, it's money, money, money. That's all what it is about. Yeah. So and so when they throw the bycatch back in, like the dead bycatch, does that like? Does that affect the water in any way, or will they just like will they biodegrade? Will they cause will they cause harm to any other life in no the sea? No idea. No idea. Okay. I don't know. The, yeah. <laughs> we don't know yeah. the greater the greater badness that that happens with them throwing them back in, but we do know that it's reducing the species in general, and yeah. by reducing the species of the apex predator like a shark, all the rest of the the animals that are underneath them on the on the pyramid, I suppose, if you like, of the hierarchy of animals, they get, you know, overpopulated. And then the ones below that get diminished because there's too many of the other ones. And then it keeps going all the way down until eventually there's nothing left. All the way down to a, a single coral gets affected by this. So, and if a coral gets affected and all the, the plants and algae and everything that lives in the bottom of the ocean, if they all get, get impacted, the absorption of CO2 can't happen, which means that our planet will not survive because we think that trees absorb enough CO2 for us to breathe. They don't. It's the oceans that absorb the most CO2. So we can breathe basically and they emit oxygen so we can breathe. This is so. just, this is insane. <laughs> insane. It's, it is mind blowing when you, when you get into it and you know, this is only, it, it's, it's a small amount. <laughs> it, I know yeah. it sounds weird to say, We've, we've covered an awful lot, but it, it is still the tip of the iceberg of what's actually happening you that, know, all, all the, the time. That was the right word, insane. I mean, uh, I come back to Paul Watson. When he was fighting for a whale herd, yeah, he was in between a Russian whaler and a whale. Yeah, and the Russian whalers, they, they don't care if there's a human in between or not. So he was actually trying to save the whale. The whaler shot the whale, yeah, and then in the end he found out why they actually, a totally useless whale, yeah, why they caught this whale. It was to make oil, a high uh, heat-resistant oil to build actually 
ballistic missiles to kill humans. <laughs> and that brought him the idea humanity is insane. Yes, we are insane. Kill one oh sweeties in order to kill another one, <laughs> basically. Kill another one. Yeah, it's um, <sighs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. <laughs> but I'm it's so grateful for this, and I really am so excited to get this out there. Um, so guys, maybe could you share with us one of your favorite experiences with being with Sea Shepherds? Maybe lighten to towards the end of the podcast. Give us something light-hearted. <laughs> a very easy quick one I met so many amazing people who fight for the same goal wow. I met so many I actually made lo so many friends yeah uh, you wouldn't believe it it is just amazing this group I, I call Sea Shepherd always the brotherhood yeah we're all brothers and sisters yeah as we're all fighting for the same and there's never a bad word yeah, uh, and that's just the community is amazing. You wouldn't think that me and Alex have never actually met, which is crazy. We've never met face to face, we have over Zoom calls, etc., but we have never met face to face. But we like, yeah, he's my brother. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, Alex. It's definitely the, it's the people involved. It's the reactions, like your reactions today. It's that it's that's pep in our step that we go, right, OK, we did a good thing today. You know, it's it's all those happy, amazing things that we do. Like I, I was part of Sea Shepherd in, in Ireland about uh, 10 years ago and we did we, we were very much focused on fundraising in Ireland uh, for the guys offshore. And one of my happiest things that I did was put on a full festival for a weekend a punk rock festival which I'm not really into punk rock music but it was <laughs> some incredibly amazing people came um and we had so much fun and we raised a lot of money for for Sea Shepherd for the guys offshore and it was called Whale Fest which was just great crack <laughs> and again it was having the the 100 to 200 people that were there you know enjoying the festival but also talking about Sea Shepherd and talking about what we do and and that's you know that's exactly what we want is, is people talking about us people supporting mm -hmm. us and people understanding that we we may be called eco warriors we may be called you know eco pirates etc but we're, we're just like you <laughs> you know we're, we're normal people who just care an awful lot about animals and our oceans and, yeah. and humanity <laughs> and if you've done something out there, like even if it's a beach cleanup with us, I bet you come home and say, I've done something good today. And that is an mm -hmm. amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, look, that kind of brings us to the end of the episode. Is there anything else that you want to share before we kind of wrap up? I just want to say, if anyone is interested, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we are an open community. Yeah, uh, we are a bit mad. I think we have to be <laughs> into this world, in this world. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and look out. I mean, big things are coming. We have lots of plans in our minds. Uh, what we want to start up here now. Yeah, and yeah, look out for us. We are here yeah. now. If you see the Jolly Roger anywhere on a T-shirt, you know, go up to the person and say, hey, you know, we, we I love that. I was in Germany one time and I saw a person in a Sea Shepherd hoodie and I went up and I was like, hi. And they were like, hi. And we just started talking. <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, come up and say hi to us if you see us around and definitely get in touch for sure.
But thank you so much, mm-hmm. Jessica. Really appreciate you taking the time and, and listening to us and the facts that we Mass. had, etc. <laughs> I just want, I just want sorry. to say, sorry, sorry, sorry that it was quite a bit of depressing. But hey, <laughs> if every everyone is doing his bit, it doesn't have to be. Maybe in two, three, four years, we do another podcast and say, hey, absolutely perfect. Everything is fine. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Guys, honestly, it was such a pleasure and such an eye-opener to talk to you both. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And it wasn't depressing. It was actually motivating. So we're going to change that word. It's not depressing. It's motivating to make a change in the world. So thank you, Alex, and thank you, Emma, so much for your time. And guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to today's episodes. Remember to subscribe for more episode updates and follow me on Instagram at IlluminarXO. And make sure to go and support Sea Shepherd. I will make sure to have their Instagram and Facebook details tagged in the episode details below. So keep shining bright, lovelies, and have a fantastic day. And we'll catch you in the next episode.